podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday after Liverpool 3, Brighton 3 in the Premier League at Anfield. Yet another disappointing performance, yet another disappointing result. Two more points dropped as Liverpool stumble their way through the 2022-23 season. Uh, an appalling start to the game by the home side, who allowed Brighton to go 2-0 up. Um, Leandro Trossard on four minutes, and again on 17 minutes, both from just awful defensive work by Liverpool's attack and midfield. It could have been four. It really could have been four. Welbeck missed a great-headed chance. And there was a, an outstanding save by Alisson from Trossard, who just seemed to be tormenting us time after time after time. Um, For 25 minutes, Liverpool didn't have any skin in the game. They didn't do anything. They didn't put up any fight. They just lay down and let Brighton embarrass them. McAllister and Caicedo in midfield dominated our trio. You had Trossard and Gross playing either side of Welbeck, dropping a bit deeper to form a box of four surrounding our three. You had their wingbacks playing high and narrow to get more bodies in that central area. Solly March and Purvis Estupinen. And we just got outplayed. And every time we got the ball, we seemed intent on giving it back to them. And every time they got the ball, they seemed intent on scoring a goal. And we had no answer for them. Danny Welbeck, who is about as painfully average as it's possible to be, was made to look like George Weah in his prime. Such was the poorness of our defensive performance. Um, I think you can go through that team and outside of Allison, I don't think any starter had a good game. Um, Trent had a stinker. Not as bad. Now, let me just say, not as bad as some people have made it out to be. The second goal comes from his error. The first goal is not his fault. The first goal is the fault of the captain whose inability to control a simple ball on the edge of the box cost us the goal. The second goal comes from a Trent mistake, but it's a mistake made 40 yards from goal. 
he tries to control tried to control a ball on his chest and it got robbed. But that shouldn't lead to a goal. Uh, others' refusal to do their job is what caused that second goal. Um, but Trent was really poor throughout. Um, Matip was poor. Welbeck just ate him alive. Virgil was poor. Costas was poor. The captain was... He was dreadful. He was dreadful. And he was at fault for the first goal. And one of those collective at fault for the second goal. Fabinho was poor. Tasked with doing far too much again. Thiago did not have a good game. Mo did not have a good game. Once again, stuck to the right touchline. Um, whoever is giving him this tactical instruction to stay so wide needs to be taken out back and, and sent for a wee walk to have a good chat with themselves about what they're doing with our most prominent attacking player. Now, Mo did take it upon himself at times to try and drag us back into the game. Um, and he was effective at points, but starting far too wide. Bobby scored two goals, didn't play particularly well, but did score two goals. And Fabio Carvalho making his first start in his kind of more natural position on the left of the front three. Struggled to get involved in the game, but less to do with him and more to do with the others around him. So outside of Alisson, and I would give credit to Bobby for the goals and Salah for the effort, the rest of them poor. Um, Harvey Elliott came on. He brought some, some drive to the midfield, some energy, but couldn't really accomplish a whole lot. Jota came on and looked a little bit lost. Luis Diaz came on and I thought played really well, carried the ball well, set up Bobby's second goal. Uh, James Milner came on and was awful. And Darwin Nunes was allowed to come on just to get some fresh air, I assume. Uh, we were dreadful. We were dreadful. Now, we did drag ourselves back into the game. Bobby on 33. Uh, Henderson lofted the ball over the top to Salah. Was overhit. Salah couldn't quite get to it, but it did allow him to play what we assume was a purpose pass to Firmino, who looped around and lifted it over the goalkeeper. Diaz set up the second goal. Uh, Thiago's passed. Diaz Diaz carried the ball into the Brighton box, played it to Bobby. Bobby beat his defender and finished really well with his left foot. And then Adam Webster with an own goal on 63. It's a fairly poorly struck Trent corner, if we're all being honest. Uh, two of our players jumped for it and missed it. Robert Sanchez, who I just don't think is a particularly good goalkeeper, uh, went to try and punch it when he really could have caught it quite easily and punched it into his own player. Webster could do nothing and the ball hit the back of the net uh, at quite a slow, bouncing pace. But, you know, when you think we're going to win a game at home because we fought back from two down and are now three, two up, and you think we'll be good enough to not throw this thing away, uh, Liverpool find new and exciting ways to shoot themselves in the foot. It's 
across from Mithima. I don't know if it takes a deflection. I haven't seen the right angle of it. But Virgil swings to clear it and it kind of goes through his legs. And James Milner, who has looked at Leandro Trossard at least three times, is aware of the existence of Leandro Trossard, but has no earthly idea where he seems to be on the football pitch, wanders off from him, and Trossard has a simple, uh, unchallenged finish at the back post to make it 3-3. And frankly, Brighton deserved the draw. They deserved the draw. In truth, they deserved the win. They were very, very good. They were very unfortunate with that third goal, the, probably this, the first and third goals, you would say, were were a little bit lucky from our point of view. The third, obviously, complete fluke going in as an own goal. But even the first, because if their defenders had been more aware of where Bobby was, the Salah ball gets, when Salah knocks it sideways, it gets cleared. Uh, the two in midfield were great. McAllister and Caicedo just controlled the game, were significantly better as a duo than our three were as a trio. Estupinen had a decent game. March had a decent game. Grouse was a little bit quieter than normal. Trossard was sensational. And Danny Welbeck, like I said, looked like George Weah out there. Um, so credit to Brighton. Credit to Roberto De Zerbi, the new Brighton manager. You could see little hints of what he will bring to this team. He's not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. He's not going to just dismiss all of Graham Potter's great work at the club. He's going to build off that. And uh, yeah, credit to them. It's a, it's a great result for them. Uh, an even better performance. And uh, we were shit. <laughs> we were shit. That's just what it was. I would imagine that the main Liverpool websites will mostly focus on the fact that we were shit. Uh, a collective malaise why Liverpool's problems are not down to form of one player. That is the main headline. I note that the picture is Trent. I assume there is a large portion of Liverpool fan base putting the season entirely on the shoulders of the 23-year-old and not the 32-year-old captain who has been our worst player or the 37-year-old vice captain who's been our second worst player. But instead, the 23-year-old world-class player, who has admittedly been our third-worst player this season. Uh, the mediocre, the bad, and transform, debating Liverpool versus Brighton. Awful defence shows no lessons learned. Five talking points from Brighton versus Liverpool. In, in defence of the defence, allow me to say... It's very difficult for the defence to do their job when the midfield doesn't do its job. The purpose of a team is that all parts function as one, not as individual groups. And when your midfield is as bad as ours has been this season, your attack gets no support and your defence gets no protection. And uh, that has been a major issue for us this season. Real Madrid president cites staggering lack of Liverpool fixtures as reason for Super League. So, Florentino Perez is a mentalist, but he's very, very good at what he does. And he has said he believes football is sick 
and claims resurrecting the European Super League project would be one way to restore its health. Um, unlike many, I can get on board with the Super League if it's done in the right way. In large part because I think it would be so competitive that it would be very unlikely that we would see one club dominate. The way we're seeing Manchester City dominate in England, they're going to win their fifth title in six years in the way that Bayern Munich dominate German football. Uh, I think it's 10 in a row for them. They're going for number 11. In the way that Juve dominated Serie A, winning nine in a row. Now, they have fallen off largely through their own making, more so than what anyone else has, do has done. In the way PSG dominate French football, uh, I think it's, is it eight of the last 10 titles or seven of the last nine that PSG have won? And in the way that Real Madrid and Barcelona have dominated Spanish football, um, Atleti won it in 2014. And since then, there's only been one team outside of Real and Barca who've won the league, and, and that was Atleti again in 2021. So, you know, these leagues have largely become uncompetitive. Uh, people talk about the Champions League as a closed shop. The big leagues are already a closed shop. Um, even, you know, Portugal, it's Benfica or it's Porto. Sporting did spoil the party for them both a couple of years ago, but that was the first time since the early no uh, noughties that a, a team other than Porto or Benfica had won the title. And a three-year span at the end of the 90s, start of the noughties, where... Sporting won two and Boa Vista won one, plus this most recent sporting title. Those are the only four seasons since the 80s, uh, the mid 80s, where it hasn't been Benfica or Porto winning uh, the Portuguese Super League. These leagues are all a closed shop. You know, other than Leicester winning the Premier League and Blackburn buying a Premier League title right back in the early days of it, the Premier League is won by one of the big six. And remember, Spurs haven't won it yet. So it's been one title for us, uh, three for Arsenal, I think six for Chelsea, seven for City, or six for City in this season will be seven, 13 for United. You know, these leagues are already closed off. Like West Ham have arguably the best team they've had since the 70s. And they're not, they have no chance to win in the league. None at all. Leicester had a better team two years ago than they had the year they won the title. And they finished fifth. You could argue that man for man the team they had last season was better than the team that won the title and they finished eighth, you know? So these leagues are already closed off. Um, but yeah, Perez said that one of the things people would like to see more often <clears throat> is Liverpool versus Real Madrid 
and he said it is staggering that the two the two of Europe's most decorate excuse me decorated teams have only faced each other nine times in 67 years. In men's tennis, Nadal and Federer played each other 40 times in 15 years. So far, Nadal and Djokovic have faced each other 59 times in 16 years. Is this boring? These historic clashes have grown tennis as a whole. In football terms, the figures are staggering. It turns out we played Liverpool, a historic team with six European Cups, only nine times in 67 years and only three times in Madrid. Like, he is right. He is right. Whether you like it or not, he is right. And if done properly, the Super League could could be great. Like, it could be great. If they did promotion relegation, that would be the key to it. They would have to do some sort of promotion and relegation. But They've talked before about salary caps, transfer caps, putting financial fair play properly in place so that your state-owned clubs can't just come in and buy everything and everyone. Um, Far more money being pushed back to grassroots football. There was far more positive than negative about the original Super League suggestion But nobody bothered to look into it before having a tantrum because Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher told them that it was a bad idea. And remember, the good guys won, which is why the Champions League is being turned into a circus and your domestic competitions continue to be a closed shop. Uh, A hard shout. Kenny Dalglish previews Liverpool versus Rangers. Virgil van Dijk insists there is no hangover from Liverpool's quadruple disappointment. Uh, glad to see we're now using the word disappointment for last season for failing to win the league title when we were the better team in the league and the Champions League where again we were the better team in the final and somehow ended up with neither of those major trophies Uh, Rangers head into Liverpool clash off the back of 4-0 victory Uh, so Rangers did win at the weekend um, I believe they beat Hearts 4-0 they did they beat Hearts 4-0 uh, Alfredo Morales Ryan Kent and Antonio Cholak with the goals for them uh, in their last six games uh, they beat Hearts 4-0 they beat Dundee United 2-1 uh, Dundee United tragic this season uh, they got whooped by Napoli they got whooped by Ajax and in, in just a beautiful moment they got whooped by Celtic as well But we won't linger too long on that. If you want to hear more about Rangers and the upcoming game against them, the new AI Scouted is recorded and will be out today, probably out by the time you're listening to this. On to Liverpool.com. Liverpool could sign next Erling Haaland as 300 mil Man City transfer reality becomes clear. Now, when they say next Erling Haaland, they mean a very, very promising Norwegian, not a six foot four carved from granite, touched by the gods, Viking. Um, this player, Andreas Schreldrup, his name I, I've almost certainly butchered, but super talented, super, super talented, plays as a winger. For Nordelsjend, 
and really, really inventive player. Someone we have tried to sign in the past. We had him on loan. We offered him a contract, but he wanted to go and play more regularly and made the decision to go to Nordlesjand. And hopefully we can pick him up from there because even though they're asking for fairly big money, about 18 million, I do think he's worth it. I do think he's worth it. Now, he's at a contract in 2024, so that price probably has dropped since the summer. But absolutely, he is someone that we should sign. Um, new Mohamed Salah role can provide Liverpool boost that could reverse a worrying trend. Uh, any role that's not the horrendous stuck on the touchline would help. Luis Suarez can help Liverpool spot 86 million midfield chance after offensive summer transfer bid. This is about Fede Valverde. Liverpool could unearth ideal Mohamed Salah's successor as Jurgen Klopp must make important call. It's a picture of Harvey Elliott, uh, so I'm not even going to bother. Um, Mohamed Salah makes Liverpool transfer request. I think I read this last week, didn't I? Uh, Salah wants us to sign some Uruguay, some Egyptian winger. Um, yeah, update your website. And lastly, AnfieldIndex.com. Uh, is Jude Bellingham worth $130 million? There's a piece to discuss that. Is it Bellingham or Bust for Liverpool? There's a piece on that. Liverpool versus Brighton, give him hell. There's a piece there. There's a piece about Trent, a piece about which Liverpool players should be entering the next phase. Uh, so give all of them a read. A read. There is a, a new piece coming from Stephen Smith today, um, today or tomorrow, which I won't spoil, but uh, I've seen the headline. It looks like it'll be pretty good. Um, I'm not sure who did the ratings. It was Garrett Sealinger. Uh, let's see what he's done here. Uh, Allison 8, fair. Trent, 5, a little bit generous. Matip 7 is very, very generous. Uh, Virgil 5, I'm not sure how Matip would get a 7 and Virgil would get a 5. Virgil did make a mistake on the third goal. Matip was all at sea on the second goal and Welbeck ran around the place. Simic is 7. Um, oh, these are magnificent. Uh, Fabinho 6. Henderson 7. Hardly puts a foot wrong. Might want to go and watch the two goals that they, they scored while he was on the pitch, um, buddy. Awful. Uh, Thiago, five. Salah, seven. Firmino, nine. Why have I bothered with these? Um, get Stephen Smith back on the ratings, please. Um, Podcast-wise, we have two up and one to come. The Nina Kowser show is up from the weekend, uh, the live post-match call-in, so give that a listen, uh, Shri and Lisa Marie were on, plus some callers. And then there is post-match Raw, uh, where Guy Drinkle was forced to step in after Trev launched his television out the window on 17 minutes <clears throat> and was unable to make the show. Uh, myself and Carl joined him for that. There is the Anfield Index podcast, episode 342 uh, from Friday as well, if you want to give that a listen. Like I said, Scouted will be out. Later today, listen to that and have a good day. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. 
but there's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.